Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. I've enjoyed all the singing and the Sunday school so far. I've been very encouraged. God bless each of you who've come out today to worship. Great song there that Derek just led. Come and worship, come and worship the newborn king. Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords, worthy of all honor and praise. And Today I hope we can lift him up further as we look at Luke chapter 2. There was a lot of angels that were busy 2,000 years ago. I guess angels are always busy, but Gabriel especially was just a, a really busy angel. As I read through Matthew and Luke looking for angel appearances a number of times, he said, I'm, a- I'm Gabriel. He identified himself. There may have been at least six times at least from my reading of Matthew and Luke, where Gabriel showed up. It may have been him who showed up to Zechariah, this old man who was so discouraged, had his prayers not answered year after year, decade after decade. But finally he was doing his job in the temple, and he and Elizabeth were still serving the Lord, trusting the Lord, even through all their disappointments. And this angel showed up and said, you're going to have a son. And Zechariah I'm not sure his exact words, but something like, I don't think so. And the angel then said, you talk like that, then you won't talk for a while till you see the sun, then you'll talk again. And I think it may have been Gabriel that was that angel. Uh, Gabriel was named for sure when he showed up to Mary and said, you're going to carry this King of Kings, this Lord of Lords, this Savior, Jesus. And she was puzzled, but she was willing to do what God wanted her to do. And then an angel showed up to Joseph and said, I can explain this situation to you. Go ahead and marry Mary. Don't don't be afraid. Often angels said, don't be afraid. And that's true in this story where an angel showed up to some shepherds and they were scared to death. But I'm getting ahead of myself. The story from Luke 2, chapter 1 through 20 is what I'd like us to uh, think about, and especially verses 10 and 11, where the angel gave this news flash. There's all kinds of news trying to get our attention. We love good news. Well, there's never been better news than this news flash, this announcement, good tidings, notification. I've called the message the great birth announcement. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is a baby who's been born. Now, every one of us were born, and there were people that were excited. Our mothers, for sure, but probably fathers, grandparents, other people were excited. And about two months ago, my sister Joy, thankfully, got a hold of my birth certificate. I don't remember ever seeing this thing before, 53 years ago. There was an announcement that I was born. And uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, there was this paper. It's kind of yellow and old, as you children could imagine. 53 years old. It has a picture of the hospital on it, a very plain, square-looking building. And uh, March 23rd, 1964, I was born. It's signed by the doctor and by the CEO of the hospital. And it has the time of birth, 1.40, kind of early in the morning. Um... Anyway, it's my birth certificate, and there were some people really excited. 
I'm sure. And I read some other things that she had collected. Uh, my mom died 10 years ago, and it just took a while for the family to work through these things till uh, certain things got to me, thanks to Joy, who's kind of holding our little extended family together. It was, it was great to uh, see those things and think on the memories. But, you know, my life and each of our lives, we each have our stories where we were born, the circumstances. They're pretty insignificant compared to this news announcement, this birth announcement. And our lives, insignificant as they are, can become significant as we connect in a relationship with this baby, who's no longer a baby. He grew up, he died. He rose again. He's now praying for us. And as we connect our lives with Jesus in a personal relationship, our lives become significant. So anyway, it's the greatest announcement. I hope our minds can be just overjoyed and encouraged as we think about it. Luke 2, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and of the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes or strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, which was a feeding trough for animals, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were going away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's pray. Jesus, light of the world, shine in our hearts today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming into our world, to piercing our, dark, piercing our darkness with your light, offering us a relationship, offering us salvation, forgiveness, these things that we need. 
We pray that you open our eyes to see the gloriousness of this salvation, the wonderfulness of our King. Open our ears to hear our hearts and our lives that you can come in and change us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what was so great about this great announcement? I already stumbled into the greatest part of it was it was because it's an announcement of a great Savior, Jesus. But there's some other great things. And let's start. Uh, verse 8 uh, pictures the uh, shepherds doing their job, sitting there with their sheep. And now this was not Bethlehem in northern Israel, but it was Bethlehem outside of Jerusalem. Maybe, I'm not sure, five or ten kilometers outside where David had been watching sheep years before. That's where they were watching these sheep. And it was an ordinary night, I imagine. We don't know the date. See, God in his wisdom has given us everything we need to know about Jesus. And there's a lot of details about Jesus' birth that we know, but there's also a lot of details that are just plain guesswork. And I think it's fine probably in Sunday school and at home to imagine things. Uh, hopefully when we write songs, uh, we don't put in uh, things that are just guesswork. Um, but God in his wisdom through the Holy Spirit has preserved enough detail that uh, we can know that this happened and it happened for sure. And the announcement came to these shepherds first. And they then found Joseph and Mary and Mary was pondering this. She was keeping records in her mind. And if we back up a page or two to Luke 1, 1 and 2, Luke is saying, I carefully researched all these details, Theophilus. He wrote this for Theophilus. You've heard about Jesus and all these details about Jesus. And uh, you believe in him and you're saved and that's wonderful. But I felt I should also research the details from people who were there and write it down in a chronological order. And so Luke's gospel is really a special gospel. All four are special gospels. And it's very likely that he interviewed Mary. And these things that she had stowed away in her mind were there very clearly. And so there's some details in, in Luke 2 that aren't in any of the other gospels, not only about Jesus' uh, birth, but the people around his birth and the angels and so this great announcement, number one, the great announcement was preceded by a great light. That's in verse nine. They were confronted by an angel of the Lord and it seems like simultaneously there in verse nine, there was the radiance of God that shone all around them, the glory of God, the doxology of the, the, the Greek word is doxo, which is we sing at the end of our service often. Praise God from whom all blessing flows. It was just a light and a praise and a glory and a radiance and a splendor. And it was just like God was there. The angel was confronting them. The uh, scripture says the angel of the Lord came upon them. That the phrase came upon them has the idea of confronting them. It wasn't the one shepherd saying to another, do you see what I see? Is that a little angel over there? 
No, it was like he was right there, and this light and this radiance was there, and it got their attention. They were scared to death. Now, I don't know the Greek language, but there's some terms that come across very nicely. So in my Strong's Concordance, it says they were sore afraid. They were sore is translated from a word mega. We're familiar with that, right? Megaphone, mega problems. Anyway, it's not sore like a boo-boo or an abrasion. Uh, that was an old English term, I guess, that uh, was used. But some of the more modern translations said there was great fear. And so then the uh, second word, fear, is the word phobia. Phobia, or I'm not sure I'm pronouncing the Greek correctly, but basically megaphobia, big fear. We all have fears. And that night, those shepherds were just petrified. They were so scared. And so the birth announcement was not only preceded by a light, but by comfort. Don't be afraid. Relax. This is good news. And I'm sure they started relaxing as he proceeded to tell them the announcement. So we had great light. We had great fear. There was great joy. This is good tidings of great joy. Next, there was a great audience. This announcement wasn't just for grandpa and grandma and a few friends at church. This announcement, the audience for this announcement of this great birth was for all people. The angel said, it's for you, the shepherds, but it's also for all people. That includes me. That includes you. That includes all the 8 billion people around the world. This news is for them. Pretty exciting. Great light. Great fear. It was followed by great comfort. Great joy. Given to a great audience. John 3.16 says, Whoever believes on him should not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world that the whole world would have the chance to be saved. Now, verse 11, there was great timing. This birth happened this day. So this day, the baby is born. Those of you that have the opportunity to give out birth announcements, you know it's very important. It's the date, the time, the weight, the length, the first name, the middle name, all these things are so important. And by uh, the Holy Spirit inspiring Luke, he put in the details that we need to know. Now, it probably wasn't December 25th. I don't know if anyone really knows the date. Maybe it was in September, some people think. But I think this is a good time. Any time is a good time to celebrate this announcement of a Savior. I think this is a good time to celebrate the birth of Jesus. For the shepherds, it was that day. And then the place, unusual. It wasn't in a hospital or in the comfort of a home. 
which is probably where pretty much all of us were born. There's always those people that are, have the story of being born in the car or the ambulance or, you know, unusual situations. But for most of us, it was at home. And I'm sure there's pros and cons to being born at home or in a hospital. But Jesus was born at the right time, even though to Mary and Joseph, it probably seemed like the worst of circumstances. Here they were, away from their home. There was no room at the hotel because all these other people were there that were there for the census, which was required by the Roman government. And yet, the Bible says, Paul writes in Galatians, that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, that he could be the redeemer of all of us who are under that law, the law of sin and death. The time was right, and Mary and Joseph were willing to fit in the time that God had for them to bring Jesus into the world. So there was great timing. There was great fulfillment of prophecy. That's also in verse 11. He was born in Bethlehem, Micah 5, 2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you be small among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be the ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. Well, a great Savior is born. That's the key message of this whole announcement. A great Savior is born. The angel appeared, Gabriel appeared to Mary. I already mentioned that was in Luke one thirty-one. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, which means Savior. And then in Matthew one twenty-one, the angel appeared to Joseph, explaining the situation and saying, She, Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Some parents really struggle with what to name a child. Mary and Joseph didn't have any problems. They were told from heaven, your son's name is the Savior, Jesus. Jesus, I understand, was a common name, and it also meant the same as Joshua in the Old Testament, which meant Savior. We needed a Savior. He had the right name. There's a lot of other names to Jesus. We're going to talk a little more about Jesus and his name and what, how great a Savior he is. He was born in verse 12 in great humility. We find it romantic and really neat to go to a barn for a Christmas service and sit on hay bales, and some of you probably have done that, and that's pretty neat, pretty interesting. But Jesus was born in a stable. It may have been a cave where they kept animals. It may have been damp. Bethlehem has pretty high altitude from what I was reading, and at night it does get cool. Maybe in the middle of the winter there could have been snow, probably not, but it was high enough that at night it was cold and it was damp. It wasn't comfortable. Philippians 2 says, Jesus laid aside his comfort, his mighty power and glory, taking on himself the form of a servant, 
And he later went even further out of his comfort zone. When he died, the death on the cross. This announcement was wrapped in great humility. Well, let's go on. There was great praise. So we had one angel giving the initial announcement, and as soon as he gets done with his announcement, there's a whole multitude of angels, a great crowd, a great chorus. I don't know how much they were chanting, how much they were shouting, how much they were singing, probably all of it. Uh, maybe Gabriel had his harp. Does Gabriel have a harp? Uh, there was great music, great praise, a multitude of angels. We know what the song was, and maybe before we go to the uh, next part of the message, we can try to sing that song. Derek has agreed he'll lead it, and if you want to stand, it's... Uh, Psalm 102? 102. I think 102. I read through the verses. I think it fits the story without adding ice or snow or things we don't know about. Uh, let's just join in with the angels as they sing. Come on up, Derek, and, and lead us.
Hallelujah. What did you think of the lyrics of that song? Did that fit Luke too? Very, very well, didn't it? I, I just so appreciated uh, those words. Thank you, Derek, for leading it. So we went through verses uh, 8 through 13. Let's pick up now at verse 14. The first uh, section we went through I entitled the, the Great Announcement Revealed. We've tried to unpackage it, open the gift. So now let's, let's look at the announcement results in verse 14, which was also the last uh, verse you sang. What's going to happen because of this Savior? There's going to be at least three things. There's going to be glory to God in the highest. There's going to be peace on earth. And there's going to be goodwill toward man. And there's so many other things we could add to the list of things that Jesus means to us. Jesus, the great Savior. We have forgiveness of our sins. And because of that, we have peace with God. We have a new love in our hearts toward others. And so we can start forgiving others, which we learned in our Sunday school lesson uh, just today. Those of us that were studying Colossians 3. We can't put off the old, the selfish, the sinful, and put on the new without the Savior saving us from ourselves and putting a new life within us, the life of himself through the Holy Spirit. So this great Savior Jesus is given, and these results will come. And we just sang, may they begin and never cease, not only in our lives, but all around the world. Jesus saves us from our sins, from the penalty of our sins, which is death, eternal separation from God, from the power of our sins, by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Jesus is the way that we can have peace with others, peace with ourselves. That's psychological peace or mental peace. He's the reason that we can have goodwill toward others. We can look for good in others. We can look for ways to build up each other. And this is not a once and done experience. This is a relationship. This goes on day after day. I think in our Sunday school lesson it was also mentioned this thing of forgiveness. The disciples were struggling with it. And how often should they forgive? And Jesus said, keep forgiving, keep forgiving. He basically said, don't count. 70 times 7 is 490 times. Well, we need God to help us do that. We want others to forgive us again and again and again. And with God's help, we can forgive others. Goodwill toward men. Well, there's no salvation any other in any other person. There's only one Savior. Not everybody believes that. I think we probably all believe it here today, hopefully. Peter believed it in Acts 4.12. He said, salvation cannot be found in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Speaking of the name of Jesus, the person of Jesus. Isaiah prophesied. Of Jesus and many other prophets did too. Isaiah 9 6 For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I already mentioned Philippians 2. I'd like to 
read a little more there about Jesus. Because Jesus had such humility, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, the Savior, every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those in earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we've looked at the... uh, Announcement revealed, the announcement's results, and now last of all, the announcement response, which kind of follows. And just looking at several things that happened with the people around Jesus. First, with the shepherds. The message came to them, a Savior's born. And their response was, let's go. Let's find him. They searched for the Savior. We should follow them in that. We should search for Jesus. And we can find him. Isaiah said, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. And Paul, in Acts 17, when he was preaching, he said, God has done all these wonderful things in creation so that we will look for him and reach out to him and find him. He is not far from every one of us. So a response to this great announcement is that we should search Jesus for ourselves. We should worship Jesus. Between verse 16 and 17, 15 and 16 is kind of the shepherds finding him. I think between 16 and 17, I see the shepherds worshiping him. Maybe I'm reading between the lines. But their response was, we want to find him. And then they couldn't help but tell others. And it all was wrapped in their worship of him. Certainly in the temple, Simeon and Anna and later, at some point, the wise men, they came, they found Jesus, they worshipped him. We should do that. We should worship our Savior. We should be like Mary in verse 19. She pondered these things. She thought about Jesus. Jesus himself said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. We'll never get done learning about our Savior. This is a great time for us to learn about Jesus. He's so amazing, so incomprehensible, so past finding out, and yet we can learn some things about him. We can learn about his love. We should proclaim the Savior, tell the story to others, 17 and 18. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds were never the same after that night. We should not be the same after we meet Jesus. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, Anyone who belongs to Jesus has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. 
For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message, a message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Jesus. So our response should be to seek him, to find him, to think about him, to learn of him, to proclaim him, and to praise him. That's the great announcement in a nutshell. You've been wonderful to speak to, and I just hope this uh, scripture will become even more alive in your heart in the days ahead as you love and worship and serve the Savior. I think we should sing another song of praise. God bless you.